Welcome to the Should A Bit More podcast presented by Gold Boys. Coming up, Jonathan Von Tobel, JVT from VEASAN will join us. We'll go over all of these games coming up. We'll go over this weekend. A lot to do, and that's where we start. It was a busy weekend of football, and there's a saying, if it bleeds, it leads. So we have to start with what a disaster that was for the Dallas Cowboys as they get absolutely run out of their own building yesterday. The Packers win the game. It was never close. It was not as close as the final score. They just dominate from start to finish. And it's going to lead to a lot of speculation in terms of the coach for Dallas next year. I, I would expect McCarthy to be out and there are going to be rumors of Belichick joining Dallas. And you know what? I think it's going to happen. I think it makes a lot of sense. And I'm actually rooting for it to happen. I think it would be a lot of fun. It, it's almost like this is Belichick's Brady to Tampa situation where he can go in somewhere where Brady went to Tampa and all he needed to do was plug in the quarterback. They had good skill guys. They had a defense. All he needed was a quarterback and boom, they won. They got some breaks along the way, but everyone does. I think Belichick can come in and do that for Dallas because this is a team that comes out unprepared. They always fall a little bit short. They have the talent. They have the quarterback. They have the offense. You can question, hey, will it work between Jerry Jones and Belichick? Well, Parcells at the end of his career, a lot of people didn't think that would ever work, and he could never work for Jerry Jones. And they made it work. I mean, it didn't work on the level either of them wanted to, but Parcells took over right away. They were 5-11 three straight years, and he took them right to the playoffs, took them to uh, another playoff appearance a few years later. He didn't have a quarterback either, so it's not like he won big like he did with his other jobs. But uh, I, I think this makes a lot of sense here. I would expect McCarthy to be out. Jerry Jones, after the game, didn't commit to to McCarthy, which is telling because you know he's been very adamant. Hey, he's my coach. He's got time on his contract. So I, I think it's going to happen. I think it should happen. That was a terrible performance by Dallas. Come out, first drive of the game, Green Bay, Green Bay goes right down the field. Dallas jumps off sides, uh, which cost them. And it's seven nothing. And then Dallas, who's been this monster offense all year, throwing the ball, just this high flying team. They come out their first drive. They run it. They run it. They it's third and long. They go back to pass. Uh, nobody was open, so Dak scrambles for a first down. You figure, all right, they'll start to air it out here. What do they do? They run it again, and then they run it again, and then third and long, incomplete. Lamb was open. He missed them, and then boom, you have to punt. And before you know it, it's fourteen nothing. Uh, and Dallas did get the ball back at seven nothing, but still. Like you just, you played, I know Green Bay's bad against the run, but you played right into their strengths. Like you played away from your own strengths where like just throw the ball, be a little bit more aggressive and you just put yourself in a hole. Dallas throws the pick, uh, Dak throws the pick, sets Green Bay up. Eventually it's 14 nothing, and man, it got out of control early. I thought for a moment, maybe Dallas could get back in, but at 27 to seven, Dallas had to settle for a field goal, which man, you're down 20 points, kicking a field goal in the second half of the game. Can question that for sure. Um, and just just a terrible performance. I, I, I'm pretty surprised. I really am. I know it's football. Anything can happen. I thought Green Bay would move the ball. I thought they were alive to maybe cover the game. Uh, but I I really didn't expect that. I'm surprised they won. I'm shocked the shocked the way that, that they they won the way they did. Green Bay first seven seed in this new format to win a playoff game. Lafleur was a little too excited about that stat after the game because we are the first seven seed in the history of the NFL. To win a playoff game. Okay, man, it's been around since 2020. This is like the third or fourth year of it. So uh, let's calm down a little bit. But Green Bay does move on. And it's funny, it's it's cruel in a way under the old format. The two seed Dallas, they would have a bye. They wouldn't even be in jeopardy of playing. So that's when people, a lot of people say this. Hey, I'd rather just play wild card weekend than have the bye. If I have the bye, I get rusty. Yeah, well, you can't lose on your bye week. And you take the field, anything can happen. And that certainly happened to Dallas uh, on Sunday. So 
I would expect a new coach. The name I haven't heard associated with them, I, we all assume Harbaugh is going to LA. Maybe that's the case. Harbaugh's won everywhere he went. Maybe he goes to Dallas, but uh, there are too many coaches out there. I can't see Jones, who's 82, who wants to win. I, I would expect him to move on. I think Belichick makes a lot of sense. It would be fun. I don't want to see Belichick go out on these, you know, three and 14 teams that can't move the ball. It'd be fun to have him in Dallas. And I think it's possible. I think it makes a lot of sense. I actually, I think it happens. I'm rooting for it to happen. So Green Bay moves on. They will play San Francisco. Uh, let's just, we'll go through the schedule here quickly because with the, the Steelers uh, Bills game being moved to Monday, there's some uncertainty here. And I was annoyed it moved. I mean, so looking forward to them playing in a blizzard. I, I, I can't get too outraged because people say, hey, it wasn't safe to get people to the game. You know, somebody could have gotten hurt. Somebody could have died. And when you say that, I guess I don't have a great response. But man, if you saw the weather yesterday in Buffalo, it's just snow, wind. Nobody could, you know, you couldn't see the field. That's what, that's great football. I really wanted to see that. It's a shame they moved the game, but that's how it is. So the schedule this weekend, uh, there's some moving parts here, but we know this. The Texans are going to play in that early Saturday afternoon spot, as they always seem to do. If Buffalo wins, the Texans will play the Ravens. The Texans will be in Baltimore that Saturday afternoon. If the Steelers win, the Texans will play the Chiefs that Saturday afternoon. So Texans are locked in Saturday, 430. The, sun, the, the Saturday night game, 8 o'clock Eastern, that game is set. That is Green Bay at San Fran. San Fran laying 9.5-10, depending upon where you shop. Uh, the Sunday afternoon game, again, we're done with Sunday at 1 o'clock. These games start at 3 o'clock now. So no more Sunday at 1 until next September, uh, in which we didn't have yesterday. No Sunday 1 o'clock game. So Sunday at 3 o'clock will be somebody versus the Lions. That somebody will be the winner of Tampa Bay and Philly, uh, the, the Monday night game. Looked for a minute like Tampa Philly, like we all assumed that team would go to San Francisco. Look for a minute if the Rams were going to win that game, Tampa or Philly, the winner tonight would have hosted. But the winner of Tampa Philly will go to Detroit. Uh, the if it's Philly, that line's probably Lions minus two and a half, maybe Lions minus three. If it's Tampa, it's probably Lions minus six, six and a half, depending on what happens tonight. You know, injuries, how they look, team, things like that. But the Lions are locked in there, and then the late game on Sunday. If the Bills win, it will be the Bills and the Chiefs. If it's the other way, it will be the Ravens and the Steelers. So we go AFC, NFC, NFC, AFC. So the two NFC games are sandwiched in the middle. So tentatively set, we do have that one game in place. That's the only one in place is Green Bay and San Francisco. So it's hard to talk about these division games because we only know one of them. There's a lot of moving parts here. Uh, the two games tonight, I mean, those are games we talked about last week. Steelers and Bills, Bills laying 10. Um I guess I would take the points. The weather's not as bad, so not as enthusiastic. A lot of the handicap of the Steelers taking the 10 there was, hey, it's going to be bad weather. You're getting 10 in a game where who knows if anyone can move the ball. The total's 33, take the points. I'm less enthusiastic with the weather being a little more mild here on Monday afternoon. Man, that's a weird feel to have a Monday afternoon playoff game. And again, Tampa, Philly, I just I don't have a great feel. Uh, A.J. Brown is hurt. I would Baker Mayfield's banged up. Hurts is banged up. There's some threes. There's some two and a halfs. When in doubt, I would just take the points again. Again, I don't want Philly's just so all over the map. It's hard to trust them. So I would take the home team getting the points. I don't love either one of these teams. So uh, that that is the situation. We will get the rest of the playoff, the division round set tonight. As far as the rest of the weekend, just going to go through things here before we get to JVT. It's funny. You, you go through, I go through my notes here and Saturday, I figured I was going to lead with this or that. And then a game like the Cowboys Packers happens and it just, you readjust your plans, but I'll just go through the, uh, the stuff on Saturday here. And then 
we'll get to. Well, I can talk about Rams Lions because Rams Lions in, in a weekend where all four games were blowouts. Rams Lions was interesting, a very interesting game, a very strange game. That game was 21-17 with four minutes left in the first half. And nobody scored another touchdown. That, that it's funny. If you had the over, it wasn't funny. 51 and a half was the total, and it stays under somehow. Again, 21-17, four minutes left in the half. From that point forward, the Lions kicked one field goal, and the Rams kicked two field goals, and the Lions win the game 24-23. The Lions had 21 points with seven minutes left in the second quarter. Perfect on all their drives. Touchdown, 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 their first three drives. And then couldn't do much the rest of the game. They did get a first down when they needed to to ice the game. It was a strange end to the game where it was a little anticlimactic where the Rams are on the fringe of field goal range. They get a penalty. There should have been a, a pass interference on, on that last throw. The Rams, McVay is very conservative to begin with. McVay punts it thinking, hey, I can get the ball back. Even though he only had one timeout, he did have the two-minute warning. So the Rams punt. Lions get a first down, and that was that. There was no more scoring. It was just a very strange game, a very odd ending, very almost anticlimactic ending, but the Lions get their win. They do not cover because they only win by a point. It's weird. It was almost like Detroit. You felt like they could have won that game and blown them out and beaten them by 17-plus points. They were up 14-3, to and Stafford, who was banged up the whole game, you know, his head, his hand, where if he's going to come out of the game. It's 14-3 to Detroit. Stafford had a third and like 15 where it's like, man, if the way Detroit's moving the ball, if the Rams don't pick this up, this game can get out of hand. The Rams did pick it up and they moved the ball well all night. Make case they could have won that game, should have won that game. They do pick it up. They go on to score. It's 14-10. Then it became a little bit of a tennis match just back and forth. But Rams were on the verge of getting blown out on one hand, but on the other hand, they outgained them. They outgained them yards per play and they, they just got bogged down in the red zone. You could say that, hey, the Rams really should have won that game. They left one on the table. They got very conservative at the end of the first half. A minute left. I know they didn't have good field position, but they were moving the ball really well, and they had a chance where they got the ball to end the first half, and they got the ball to start the second half, and they came away with nothing in either drive. They just ran out the clock at the end of the first half. Were very, very conservative, uh, McVay was. So the Lions move on. Happy for them. Happy for their fans. They got a nice little bracket now with Dallas getting bounced. They can host this week, either Philly or Tampa. They will host this week. And then who knows, hope for a Green Bay upset. Maybe they have home field throughout. Probably not going to happen. But at least, hey, you're one home game away from being in the NFC Championship game. If you're the Detroit Lions, hey, man, I don't care who we're playing in the NFC. If we're in the NFC title game, we're in the NFC title game. We had a long time since we've been in the playoffs, hosted a playoff game, won a playoff game. Well, they've been in the playoffs. But so the idea that they're one home win from an NFC title game, and they're probably going to win. I, I like them against whoever wins tonight. That's just, that's incredible. You go in there fast and loose. Campbell, I'm sure, will go for every fourth down. I wouldn't expect them to win if that's the title game in San Francisco, but uh, that, that is a very real scenario. The Lions moving on to the final four. So good for them. And what was a, a strange win over the Rams? Rams are out. Rams did not play well on defense and got very tight just in some spots there uh, late in the game, late in the first half. The rest of the games, uh, Browns, Texans, I don't have a lot to say on that. I, I don't need to hear about this Browns defense for a long time now. I mean, you could you could save it with a comparison to the Ravens. They're this great defense. They got torched. Now you can say Flacco threw two pick sixes, and you're going to lose when you throw two pick sixes. But, hey, Flacco gave you – you fell behind 3 nothing. Flacco gave you a 7-3 lead. You gave the lead right back to 10-7 Texans. And the Browns gave you – and Flacco gave you another lead at 14-10, to and you gave that one right back. So Flacco did give you two leads. If you're this great defense, it's not like C.J. Stroud and the Texans are – uh, the uh, the greatest show on turf for the 98 Vikings or the 07 Patriots. This is this is the Houston Texans. I know Stroud's a good player, and he is going to be a really good player. 
you got to play a little bit better than that. If you, you proclaim to be this great defense, like the Browns proclaim to be. So Browns are out. Texans move on. I think that's a very tough spot. If the Texans have to go to Baltimore, that's a very tricky spot. That's that, that's look, having watched the playoffs for a long time, you get into this mode where you got to be wary of the team that wins wildcard weekend and they look really good. And we don't see the team that had to buy. You could fall in love, especially if you bet the Texans this week, oh, I'm going to ride them again. It's different. The second week, the other team's rested. You go from being at home to on the road, Texans do. So I think that's a tough spot for the Texans. I think it's a tough spot for Green Bay. I'll get more into these games as the week go on. Mahomes Tua on Saturday night, that game was an absolute bore. Tua did absolutely nothing, absolutely nothing in the game. Uh, he, I'm sure they'll bring him back because, look, it's there's not enough quarterbacks to go along, but that is an alarming performance. I know it was cold. But he was awful in the game. They couldn't move it. They got one busted coverage, and even that, he he, over, he underthrew Hill. Uh, it, Tua was awful. Miami, you really have to worry about, can we do this with this guy, with this team? I mean, the team's always hurt. They're just so soft, such a bully. Chiefs dominate that game. Uh, and I was saying this on Saturday night. I can't remember a time when there was a big, as big a gap between the best player and the second-best player. Mahomes, I know everyone talks about how great he is. It, it, you lose sight of just, boy, he is so much better than the second best player. I know Allen on his best day is great, and Mahomes and Lamar's going to win his second MVP now in five years. Mahomes is just so I, the the weather. It's minus eighteen degrees. He has no receivers. He has Kelsey's dropping the ball left and right. Rasheed Rice is his best player, and Mahomes is just so good. He can run. The, the cold doesn't bother him. The wind doesn't bother him. He is so much better than the second best player. I, I can't remember a scenario where there was this much of a gap between the best and the second best. People say, oh, Brady was, you know, the best of all time. Brady had Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning made seven all team, first team all pros in that, in Brady's prime. Now, Brady had a much longer career, a much better career, one more. But Manning and Brady were, were equals when they played. Manning was even better during the regular season than I think Brady was. Uh, again, you can go back and forth, but that was at least debatable. Uh, the 90s, there was Favre, there was Marino, there was Steve Young, there was Aikman. Uh, this is not even close between Mahomes and the second-best player. He is such a great player. It's ridiculous. So we're setting up for, if the Bills win on, on Monday, we're setting up for just a great game. Mahomes going on the road for the first time in his career in the playoffs to play in Buffalo. That rivalry, that's probably the best rivalry right now in football. We don't have that many great rivalries at this moment. You know, Steelers-Ravens was one for a while, but they're you know, Steelers haven't been good enough to make that really a rivalry. Seahawks 49ers was for a little bit. Brady versus Manning was a rivalry wherever he played, whether it was with the Colts or the Broncos. But this is this is the best rivalry right now, and this would be another chapter if we do get Chiefs-Bills like I expect. So pretty good weekend of football. Hurt it a little bit. The blowouts hurt a little bit to have the uh, have the postponement. Was looking forward to the game on Sunday. But, hey, you got a Monday with two, with two playoff games. It's a little odd, but. Two playoff games is uh is fun. It's different. It's fun. Very odd. 4.30 in the afternoon on a Monday to watch a playoff game. But that's what it is. To discuss that in the rest of the games, let's talk to JVT. That is next. This is the Should Have Bet More podcast. All right. We are back. Should Have Bet More podcast. Excited to talk to this man. He is the host of Hardwood Handicappers. You can hear him all over VEASAN. It is Jonathan Von Tobel. JVT, what's up, man? Uh, nothing much, man. You know, this is my time to shine, although I do love college sports and, uh, of course, uh, cover college football a lot for us and the NFL is king. Uh, we're getting into the the nitty-gritty, the hot and heavy part of the NBA season, so I'm excited for that. And the uh, NFL playoffs are awesome, so I always love this time of year, you know? Weird to wake up. We're recording this on a Monday morning. It's weird to wake up on a Monday morning and, hey, hey, we got two playoff games today. It's almost like yeah. a little 
bowl game feel to it. This two, two, two stack. Uh, I guess we'll just start with this weekend. Any takeaways um, fr- from this weekend? And yeah, we'll, we'll get to the games in a, in a minute. Any takeaways from, from these games we've seen so far? You know, I don't think anything crazy. I, I thought a lot of it kind of played out, you know, generally how we expected outside of the way that Dallas lost, right? But like the, the Packers were a really sexy team. A lot of people that were respected. I had Green Bay plus seven, thought they were going to be pretty live in that game against Dallas. Again, the degree to which they won is something I think you can quibble with, but Dallas falling flat in their face is entirely surprising. Um, as somebody who had backed Houston in that game against Cleveland and kept harping on the way that Flacco and that offense runs, right, the high variance, and sometimes you can run into negative variance when you take shots the way that they do, uh, that was going to run out potentially, and that happened. Uh, and then you get, you know, the favorite winning at home in an emotional game in the wild card versus the Rams and the Lions. Uh, I think it's generally played out as we expected. I'll tell you this, Will. Um, the opener, I think, I haven't looked since I woke up this morning. The opener for San Francisco, Green Bay, was under 10. I think anything under 10 is going to be pretty interesting for San Francisco because I think they're going to be able to run through that Packers team after a big win and a young team going on the road against a team that's been there and done that. Uh, I can't wait to see what the market's going to do with that. But generally, I think uh, pretty lock and step with what most expected to happen this weekend, you know? I texted somebody last night. I said, I think San Francisco team total over will be my biggest yes. bet because I just think they'll be able to hand it off and run it six, seven yards at a clip. And Dallas got so far behind. I mean, they were actually more stubborn running the ball than they should have been, I thought. But, man, it's just when you can make Green Bay not have to defend the run, and they still got their 32 points. I mean, that's the one one of the big weaknesses of Green Bay is, man, their running game, Shanahan with extra time to prepare. You know, you fall into this trap all the time. We, we see this in wildcard weekend going to division round. You fall in love with these teams that win. We mm-hmm. we forget, like, these teams that didn't have to play, they didn't have to play for a reason because they're really good, and uh, it, it can be easy to just fall in love with the team, especially if you bet on them, they cover for you, you get that positive reinforcement. So I agree. Uh, the other one that, that came to mind, same sort of line of thinking, if, it, if we get Texans-Ravens, man, I, I know the Texans, like, that was a nice win. You're going to put them outdoors. Uh, Ravens sitting there licking their chops. They haven't had a lot of playoff success. They're not going to be, they're not going to overlook this game. I, I would think the Ravens have a hard time or the Texans have a hard time against the Ravens. Let's just, let's go through these matchups. Let's just say chalk holds and it's Texans Ravens. You mentioned 49ers Packers is set. Let's say it's Tampa Detroit. Although that wouldn't be chalk, uh, but yeah. either, either way it's Philly Detroit. So that that's a, that's an either or matchup. That, there's not as many moving parts as the other side of the, uh, the conference. And then Casey Buffalo, anything you'd be looking to bet in terms of like, hey, I think this is going to be the line. This is what I'm looking for. You know, I'd be willing to go square and go with both one seeds. I think that when you're talking about San Francisco, like you said, team total over or laying it there, you know, you, I think you could see a similar situation. I remember their, their, I think, was it their last game or their second to last or their first game with Arizona, right? Where San Francisco plays Arizona, they win, they cover, but I think it was around like a 40, 28 type of game, yeah, you know? Yeah. So where you're talking about, you know, higher scoring, potentially going over the total, but the losing team, you know, not really coming close to covering and or even winning that game. I think that that's going to be something to play in. And you talk about team totals. I'd be very interested to see what they're going to hang for Houston's team total and look to play that under. Because I think when you go on the road, you're not going to get spotted, right? Those two defensive touchdowns. Lamar Jackson and company are going to run the ball. They're going to have ball control. They're going to keep you off the field. And there's such a well-schemed defense that I think when you go out there in, you know, winter conditions, who is expected to be cold, I think you're going to see that offense get tamped down pretty good. So I think both of those one seats in some regard i think i'm being willing to play against those two teams going on the road and taking them on what would you think for a texans team total 16 and a half probably i was gonna say probably yeah. somewhere in that 14 and a half to 16 and a half sort which is somewhat of a dead range because not a lot of 15s yeah. pop up probably somewhere in that range at 17 and a half it would be too high 13 and a half probably a little too low so probably in that you know 
or 50, I guess 16 and a half, something like that, which is pretty low for a team total, but I agree. I'd be looking to play the under. Is, it, is that something you'd play if it was 16 and a half? You go under? Yeah, I think I, I think so. I have a lot of respect for this Ravens defense. Like their scope was so well schemed on the back end. They generate pressure, whether it's via scheme or whether it's via some guys winning one-on-one battles, but they're just so well coached, you know, and I think I'm looking to take my shot against Baltimore, both one of these competent teams, I think, that we would expect coming out of the other side of the bracket, which would be Buffalo or Kansas City. What about that game? What if we get we do get a Buffalo Kansas City game? I don't want to spend too much time on these because who knows if we get these right. matchups. But that I mean they are a ten point favorite here, and we can get to that game in a minute. Uh, would you expect? Hey, Buffalo finally gets some. This has been a a team that's haunted them. You finally get Kansas City in your building. They don't have as many weapons. Is this yeah, Buffalo finally gets it done. So I've got I've I've got two futures in the AFC and it's Buffalo and Kansas City and I've got Buffalo at eighteen to one to win the Super Bowl uh, the Kansas City one's not as good I think it's like seven to one um, to win the Super Bowl and they're two teams I think really highly of but I, I do think that will like I can't get rid of because I'm a, like you know I like the numbers and I like the underlying metrics and all that stuff and I can't ignore what we get statistically back from Buffalo like every single week they're a very good team you know every single metric would paint them as one of the best teams and their ability to all of a sudden get physical up front, run the ball, which is something Kansas City's had trouble with and still have the explosive nature of their offense while playing above average defense. I, I still think if they're going to be playing host, as we assume chalk holds, I think they could beat Kansas City. I, I know the Chiefs were solid. And I think if you look at some of the returns right now, over 400 yards, five and a half yards per play against Miami. But we still saw those mistakes in the red zone, right? The block in the back and all the sorts of things that kept shooting themselves in the foot throughout this entire season. I just don't know why that, you know, disappears on the road against Buffalo in you would call it like a was it like a super duper revenge spot. Like Buffalo's wanting to get this thing done, especially if they get them at home. So I, I would think I like real I, I like Buffalo in that spot. And I'd, I'd be curious to see where the market opens up. I would I would assume two and a half juiced all over yeah. the place or threes juiced all over the place. But I think Buffalo would be the side for me there. I would think three would be a little high because man, you probably want to balance your books a little bit more like i think people would look at kansas city hey i'm getting three with Mahomes. like i know it's his first road playoff game like i'm gonna take the three i would think two and a half which would put it in that teaser zone but yeah it's in the ballpark do you think we get that matchup you don't think we get any uh, another huge upset here you, as good as the bills are you never totally trust them laying 10 against the Steelers again this is a weird spot on a monday where we don't know all the matchups yeah. we got the double playoff game today what, what are your thoughts here bill Steelers 10 uh bills laying 10 here so I, I took a little of 10 with Pittsburgh only because we've seen Buffalo struggle to cover some of these big numbers down the stretch. I think the winter weather does cause some variance right now. Moving it here does change some things because we're talking about less wind. Uh, Josh Allen's already got a strong enough arm. So even in above average wind conditions, Allen's probably one of the quarterbacks that can operate at a little bit of a higher level there. Um, and I do think that in less inclement conditions, and this is a 10 I took before the move, so this is going to be tough, right? Because I thought in those conditions, you know, the randomness of what that game could be really helped me out. I still don't feel terrible about it, but you're talking about taking 10 with a total floating around 33 and a half, right? Like that's a nearly a third of the points. Sure. Now we're talking about 38 and better conditions. I'm a little bit more worried about that, but I still think we've watched Buffalo scuffle to cover some of these big numbers. Um, and I took 10 with Pittsburgh. It was one of the smaller bets of the weekend. How much better is the weather? I didn't. I didn't quite check yet. I, I looked last. The, the big night. one that I saw was uh, was wind, right? So like those okay. gusts on Sunday were going to be like forty mile an hour gusts. Uh, we're looking at gusts from what I read of up to like maybe twenty five miles an hour. So like the wind's going to be a lot less, and, and it doesn't look like it's going to snow during the game, uh, which seems to be pretty good. So just some pretty frigid conditions. It, it looks similar, will to to what we watched between Miami and Kansas City. Okay, and and I think if that's the case, right? At least Kansas City showed you if you can operate at a decent level, you can get up and down the field and score in those conditions. 
Yeah, looking at it now. Snow showers, snow showers this morning, more scattered later. High of yep. 18, wind southwest at 10 to 20 miles an hour. Chance of snow, 60%. Snow accumulation is less than one inch. So, yep. I mean, something, but not not everything. Uh, it's interesting. I had some field. I, I went out of my way. I was just gobbling up all the field goal props I can bet. And, and most of my books voided. But yeah. I, I was looking. There was a 30 to 1 on no field goal made, which I guess I wouldn't even really want now that the weather's better. But, man, there's. Yep. I think that's something to look for going forward people always say oh it's horrible weather wind snow and that was a unique one on uh, what was going to be yesterday if you saw those videos man i don't know how they were going to play i don't know how they're going to get people to the game uh look for the field goal props because over under longest field goal things like that that's that's you know a, an interesting way to play that did you think they should have rescheduled were you, were you outraged like i was not, not that i was outraged but i was uh, like man i was really looking forward to this game in this weather yeah. I mean, I get it only because, right, you're talking about the ingress and egress of, like, a lot of people going into that area with a lot of the travel issues. I uh, said so that's why I thought, like, you know, there it didn't seem to be a as, as, cal- as cold as this uh, feels. Um, it didn't f- seem to be a, oh, we're worried about their safety on the field. No, it seemed like, no, we can't pack bodies in here, and we need these people to get in there and buy beer and do all sorts of stuff. So, no way. Uh, we've got we've to reschedule this. So, I didn't really hate it. And it's, it is, while we like these winter games, at the very least, you know, this is going to provide, I think, aesthetically pleasing football, or at least more aesthetically pleasing football. You know, we saw Kansas City with the ability to move and rack up 400 yards in really cold conditions. So, at the very least, maybe you get better football. Uh, to watch after a season of, I would call it very junky football. So maybe we deserve this. Yeah. And you want, I mean, it, it would have been fun to watch that in that weather. Yeah. I, I think the league does would prefer Allen to advance. You want, you know, you don't want to just go home because, you know, you got a crappy weather day, but Hey, that that's part of it. But man, if, if you could ever get a bills chiefs and we're, it was looking like we're going to get it, if we can get a bills chiefs game uh, next weekend, man, with all the history with Mahomes finally going on the road. That's just, that's a hell of a game. Uh, how, how about oh, yeah. this Monday night game here? Eagles, Bucks. Whew, we're seeing some two and a half. We're seeing some threes. No AJ Brown. I don't know what to make of this game. I, I really yeah. don't. Do you have any strong takes on this one? Not really. Like, so we're doing on the weekend show, uh, we're doing like confidence picks, you know, for the playoffs. Uh, I use Philly with one point. Like, I, I don't really feel much about this game. If you were to tell me pick a side or a total, it would be Philly. Um, only in that I don't really trust Baker Mayfield. You look at his numbers, and on the surface, they look great. But if you actually look individually by, like, PFF grading and other metrics, it's all over the place, right, in terms of the way that he's played this season. And you could get Baker Mayfield that goes goes out there, has a 90 PFF grade, throws four touchdowns, doesn't commit a turnover where they play, and they light this defense up. You get Baker Mayfield who's putting the ball in danger because he has a rib injury and isn't 100% healthy. And I also think Philly, to give them some credit, while A.J. Brown's not going to play, uh, it seems like everybody else is getting healthier outside of Jalen Hurts and his finger. So I think that's really going to help. Having Darius Slay on defense is going to really help too. So I think overall it, it wasn't really strong, but I think Philly wins and moves on. And I think, you know, if you're telling me to pick a side, especially with seeing two and a half popping up, it'd be lay it, but that's about it. Are we looking at a Ravens 49ers Super Bowl? If you had to take that Super Bowl or any other outcome, would you just hit, which direction would you go? I'd go any other outcome, man. I like I I do feel strongly that Buffalo or Kansas City is still really live, and especially Buffalo. You know, th- this team again, like if the mistakes, and again, this is just a big if because they have to stop making them. But if those mistakes stop, like th- this is a dominant team. That I thought that Sunday night game against Miami was like a perfect example, right? Like if you watched that game. That was an ass kicking like they, that was they, they were walking up and down the field that the fact that they averaged, I think, over just about seven yards per play on that volume of plays. You saw exactly how good they can potentially be. 
And for Kansas City, this is one of the best defenses in the National Football League with a quarterback at the very least that has win equity that if given an opportunity in a heartbeat, I think could take me and you downfield, right? And at least get us in position to score a touchdown or a field goal. So I, I think that I'd take the field. And then you get the variance of just football, right? It's a 9-10 possession game. These are all teams that are pretty close to one another, even though some of them look pretty dominant. And I think that that leads to more often than not, we think these teams look unstoppable. Kind of to your point, it's funny. You know, once we get past wildcard weekend, we just look at these teams. We just watch and fall in love with them. We forget how good they are. But then we also, in the grand scheme of things, forget that these are fallible teams that, you know, it's just the 49ers lost three straight. The Baltimore Ravens have looked poor at times this season, losing that game to Cleveland and whatnot. So I think I'd take the field. I think there's plenty of uh, viable candidates to win this Super Bowl this year. Do you think Belichick goes to Dallas? No, I don't think because here's the thing. And this is the we haven't heard this reporting yet. Does he still want to be a GM? Because, like, that's the thing, right? Like, if he's going to go to Dallas, Jerry's not going to let him pick, like, these players. That's Jerry's thing. Like, I don't know how that relationship really works over the course of whatever Belichick's got left, not in terms of life, but in terms of coaching. Um, You know what I mean? We're talking, like, what, four or five years, whatever that's going to be. I think he still wants to go somewhere where he has some sort of control, right? And and if that's the case, I mean, um, Atlanta, L.A., Washington, like those are all, I think, teams that make a little bit more sense. But maybe Jerry puts on a sweetheart deal. But I would say at this point, my answer would be no. Jerry Jones and Parcells worked it out. I mean, it didn't last that long. Parcells was older anyway, but they got through yeah. four years. They they made some compromises or whatever to make it work. And if you hear both of them talk about after, they, you know, they, they seem to get along fairly well. Who knows how much of that? is true or how much of that they're just saying, but I just feel like, I feel like it could happen. I actually feel like it will happen. I feel like this is, this is Belichick's Tampa Bay, like for Tampa, for for Brady, where this is a ready-made situation where Brady went somewhere where all you needed to do was plug in the quarterback and they could win. They had a good defense. They had skill guys. Belichick just needs, like, is he going to go to Atlanta? You know, you could say, all right, the rest of the, they got skilled players. They got this, decent, decent defense. They don't have a quarterback. Like you can go to Dallas and theoretically, like it's not a, a stretch to say, Hey, they win the Super Bowl next year. The quarterback's in place. The offense is in place. You just tinker. You're a little more prepared. Uh, he could break Shula's record pretty quickly. I actually think it makes a lot of sense. It'd be fun, too. It really would be. Oh, it would be. I, and I would say this, too. Like, I think it would be fun to watch. And I'd say for Atlanta, because I think that's my top pick. I feel like if you're going to Atlanta, one of the things you're doing is, like, kind of leaning on this front office. Like, guys, like Kirk Cousins or Justin Fields or one of these guys, like, let's go get them. Because, like, we're, we're, we're pretty close here. And I can scheme a top 10 defense. I mean, they were top 10 defense by EPA standards and others. Yeah, like I can scheme this thing up and we got the skill positions to make this thing work. We just go need to go get a quarterback. And I know Cousins is coming off of that injury. Um, and we'll know if he's ready or not by the time the big season begins. These guys are always getting like healthier and shorter time spans. But I think like that's a situation where you plug in like a Kirk Cousins type or something, you give him a Belichick defense, and all of a sudden in a bad division, you're looking around Atlanta going, Oh, it's like an eleven win team, maybe a twelve win team, and with an easy schedule, they can get into the postseason to do something. But I would agree with you in the general thought that I think he's going somewhere that seems like they're just on the edge and he would be the piece that tips him over yeah I, I thought Atlanta before the weekend because I assumed Dallas was going to win this game and that, that yeah. job wouldn't necessarily be open the thing with Atlanta all right you plug in Cousins you plug in Fields all right you could win that division you could win a game in the playoffs but what's your ceiling there probably like a division around I know once you get in anything can happen but I don't know if Dallas would be fo- more fun I think Dallas just has more upside so uh we, we agree they're probably moving on from McCarthy Yeah, I think so, because you can't just come out and be unprepared like that. Like you were already kind of living on the razor's edge with how Jerry Jones like liked you. right? Like it seemed like after every year, it was just like a press conference of, yeah, he might get fired. I don't know. Like and so to come out, fall flat on your face like that wasn't the hey, there's some fluky plays. And then we end up losing by like a field goal. Like, no, like they came out, they 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 dog walked you in the first half and you tried to desperately get back into that thing. That was a really bad showing. 
And that's the same Green Bay team, like, I don't know, a month ago that couldn't hold the lead against Tommy DeVito. Tommy DeVito went right down the field and beat him. I mean, this is just it. The, the will, it was the same team that, that if we use tenths of a second on a clock, the Carolina Panthers might be tying that game up, and who knows what happens. You know what I mean? Like that, that was a look. I think the turnaround's good for Green Bay. And Jordan Love, I think, is really good. Now, I bet them to win the division. So I wish this turnaround would have happened a little bit earlier. But I do think that like this is a legitimately good team, but to just come out well unprepared like that is is really, really poor showing, especially when you're talking about playing at home as a two seed. You just can't have that happen. Uh regardless of who wins tonight, Detroit is going to the NFC title game, which is a real sense, I just said. Yeah, uh, I think so, because I'd be more worried about a letdown after a big emotional win like that if they were going on the road. But the fact that they're going to stay home here, like that environment was awesome yesterday. Like the crowd was crazy. I can't I think I was talking to Mike Palm over at Circuit yesterday before the game started. And he was mentioning he's like, I don't think these, you know, these Packers understand what they're walking in or is it Packers, excuse me, the uh, the Rams are walking into like in terms of environment. And it's funny because that first drive, you know, the lines open up and it's kind of quiet because I'm watching it at the Westgate. And it's, you know, it's kind of quiet and, you know, you don't really hear the crowd too much. And then the Rams step on the field and you're like, holy smokes, like this place is lit. Um, no, I, I think if, since they're going to be at home, they avoid that emotional letdown. But it seems pretty safe that they're going to have a pretty good shot at getting to the NFC Championship game. Uh, Miami just runs it back, bring Tua back, give him a lot of money. We just do the same thing over again. You have to. I mean, because here's the thing, and I, I keep comparing it to the Giants, but on a better, you know, you're in a better situation. You know, in, in today's day and age, it's hard to find a quarterback that can give you, a, you know what I mean, at least some baseline of of, of play that'll put you in position to win games. And anytime I get into this conversation, you know, I do ESPN Las Vegas, and we had this conversation on the afternoon drive show. And I brought it up. It's like, all right, well, then what's the better option? Because the options are the unknown, which is any of these rookie quarterbacks, whoever it's going to be, whoever you want to land, uh, or it's a known commodity with a lower floor and ceiling than Tua, right? Like, even if it's Justin Fields, who I think is making improvements, you're willfully getting a, a worse quarterback to see if you can find the upside. And outside of, again, I'll bring him up, Kirk Cousins, uh, who is coming off of a traumatic injury, there's nobody really that you're going to grab and plug in and go, we know we're going to get what we got better than Tua Tungavailoa. And I think that's what we really we really misunderstand as a collective, right? Like when people see Daniel Jones get three years and 40 per, and they're like, that's ridiculous. And it's like, no, it's actually a deal that they can get out of in a couple of years, and there's no real better options out there for them. And I think it just makes too much sense. Yeah, somebody tweeted out like uh... – McDaniel needs to make his McVeigh uh, Jared Goff trade where he gets his Stafford, he gets that slight upgrade, and then he's good to go. It's just like, okay, that sounds good, it makes sense, but who is that Ooh. guy? Like, yeah. <laughs> Chargers aren't going to just give you Justin Herbert, which I know is a sore spot for Dolphins. Dolphins swear Herbert's not yeah. as good as Tua, which I don't know if they're as confident in, in that after this weekend. I just, like you said, there's like six to eight good quarterbacks. Even the quarterbacks we like, people like Herbert, people knock now because he doesn't win. Rodgers is old and hurt. You know, Allen turns the ball. There's just, there's not a lot of quarterbacks people like. There's just not that many of them. Well, and, and like, so one of the names that keeps popping up is like, oh, go get Jake Browning. Like, Jake, Jake Browning looked awful in two games against Pittsburgh yeah. Steelers, right? Like, so right. you could say that, oh, he was good. Like, well, was he? Or did he run into some, like, you know, below average defenses? And then in between, he saw two legitimate defenses. They were both the same team. And he got, he looked absolutely flummoxed. Like, it's not as easy as you think to just go grab some of these guys that were flashes in the pan and make them into something over the course of 17 games. Right. The only idea I had, and he had a bad title game, and be like, hey, would you have the guts to like draft Penix and just say, hey, we're we're paying him a fraction of the cost. He can be, you know, 80, 90% as good at Tua. Maybe his arm's a little better when the cold is, when, when it's bad weather and you just 
it's a cost thing where you take that chance. I, I don't know. They're probably not going to do it. So I, mean, I don't know. That was the only I thing mean, that's like you draft someone and just hope, but I don't know. So my, my sexy dark horse would be, and he's going to be like a third, second round pick. I don't even think he's going to be a second round pick. Um, but like JJ McCarthy is sneaky athletic. He takes care of the football. He's going to be able to run your offense, right? Cause he ran hard balls. And I think that's one where maybe you go, okay, Hey, look, all right, we're on the third day. We're at the top of, you know, we're sitting around the third round. He's still available. Let's draft him. Uh, we still have, you know, time with Tua and let's see what he does after a year. And then maybe we can find our Brock Purdy, right? Which is all right, mid to late round guy right. who had at least a decent skill set, sneaky athletic, and then we can make him into something and in an offense too, right? Because it's a similar offense in an offense that raises the floor of almost every quarterback that steps into it. Uh, last one before we get you out of here. M any NBA awards, futures, anything that's bettable right now in terms of like, hey, I don't have anything in MVP or coach of the year. I want to jump in here or something to root for. What what would you recommend? Let me pull up the odds really quickly because I would say like, you know, we're getting to the point where I think like Giannis at, at about 9, 10 to 1, if you can find him, you know, he was 18 to 1 like three days ago. Um, but at, at about nine to one, I think is still playable for Giannis. The number he's the numbers he's putting up is insane. Uh, Joel Embiid is on the verge of potentially missing too many games. Will so he gets eliminated from MVP contention because he's got this knee issue, and I would expect he's not going to be perfectly healthy uh, down the stretch. And you don't have any danger of a guy like Damian Lillard sniping votes from you in, in the race for the MVP. This is going to be Giannis who gets all of the credit in the world. And that team is going to be a top two seed uh, in the Eastern Conference. So I think just from a pure number and value perspective, that's definitely something worth looking at. And overall, like when you're looking at uh, some of these other awards, if you want like a decent dark shot, uh, like or a dark horse to kind of uh, maybe sweat out a little bit here. So for coach of the year, Mark Dagnall's done a really good job. He's, he's favorite at plus 125. Chris Finch again up there at plus 240. Uh, but really quietly, Lou, there, excuse me, uh, Will, there is a coach, Ty Lou, I ruined it, um, that is leading a team that since the beginning of December is about 16 and six and has been absolutely incredible. And they could win a top three seed in the Western Conference. Him and or Will Hardy, I would say at 30 to one or two guys that I would put some money on if you want a dark, a, like a dark horse shot. Will Hardy specifically, the run that the Jazz are on is absolutely incredible at this point right now. Will, they're 13 and four in their last 17 games. They're dominating teams over this 17 game stretch. They're covering on average by 11 points per game. They're kicking the crap out of all of their opponents. And it's a team that doesn't have the best uh, roster in the world. If they could be a playing team because of what Hardy can do, he's definitely going to be there. So I think those are two worth looking at if you want to have, you want to sweat something out. Surprised I didn't get a Kawhi one fifty to one MVP response. Well, because here's the, you know it's funny. Um, I do have Kawhi to win the MVP at one hundred and fifty to one. The problem is he's now down to like eighty, eighty five to one, something like that. So one fifty uh, to one on DraftKings. Oh, look at that! No, he actually knocked back down to one hundred fifty to one. Yeah. So yes, I would say yeah. I mean, he's been great. It's funny that one loss to the Minnesota Timberwolves that your starting center knocks you back down to one hundred and fifty to one. But yeah, I think that'd be worth it absolutely because I have the ticket myself. Is he going to qualify games wise? Oh yeah, he's only missed four games this year. Yeah, yeah he's, like he's dude. Yeah, he has been on it. That's why I am uh, for your for your podcast audience who don't know. I am a Clippers fan, and this is like this is getting to the peak of like, oh boy, like is this legitimately real? Because they are good when they are together. Uh, it's absolutely insane um, the ceiling that this team has. I was talking with a couple of NBA handicappers that are pretty respected, and a couple of them. I thought I had like Clippers colored glasses when I was like, no, I think they should be power rated like Boston. And one of them responded with, yeah, they think they're better than Boston. So they're they're really good when fully healthy. That's just a problem. And it's a, a valid response is, are they going to be healthy once they right. get there? Yeah, I mean, it's one thing to feel good about the middle of January. It's just, man, you're quite looked so good in that Phoenix series last year. You're just, yep. you're one Woj tweet, one Shams tweet away from, uh-oh, this, oh, this is 
Yeah. Trust me. And I know if the last year when he got hurt and I walked into my living room dejected after they had like, after they had won and my wife looks at me and she immediately knew my wife's not a sports fan. And she goes, did Kawhi get hurt again? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He did. <laughs> so trust me. I know. <laughs> JVT, you're the best man. Let everyone know where they can find you. Uh, yeah, uh, me JVT up on social media, pretty much everywhere. Uh, Beeson.com slash JVT, all the written columns, and uh, you know, if you're ever bored, you can check out ESPN Las Vegas. They do afternoon drives there, uh, Monday through Friday too. So got a lot going on. And hardwood handicappers, of course. Oh right? yeah, dude, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> you're better promoting than me. Yeah, hardwood handicappers podcast uh, up Monday through Friday, an NBA betting podcast. Uh, we are in the midst of a really strong year between Zach and myself, so uh, very much worth listening to. And uh, it's fun to listen to, too, on top of that. JVT, appreciate you coming on. Hopefully we do this again a few, uh, down the road. Appreciate a few minutes here. Anytime, man. All right, that will do it. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you to Jonathan Von Tobel. We'll be back end of the week, talk all of these division games. And as football winds down, we are going to get into the other sports. With doing only two a week in middle of the NFL playoffs, it's been pretty much all football. But that will change here as we wind down the football season. We'll get into more basketball, baseball before you know it, a month away from pitchers and catchers. So we'll have plenty of baseball guests, basketball guests. We will do more as the season starts to change a little bit. Only a handful of football games left, but appreciate you guys listening. Don't forget to download, rate, review, subscribe. Those really help out. You guys have been doing a good job with those. So we'll be back into the week. See you next time.